The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. So glad you could join us today. We're here in Virginia, uh, another beautiful sunny day. It has uh, been fun here for uh, me as well. I am a uh, college football fan, and my alma mater, James Madison University, is playing in the national semifinals. So for some of you from around the world, you're probably like, who cares? But for me and my friends, they would just understand. So let me tell you, it's a big deal for the people here in Virginia. Just let's just saying. <laughs> We're even on ESPN on this Friday night at 7 o'clock and oh, yeah. uh, playing North Dakota State. So hopefully the Dukes get a win and uh, your host will be in a great mood and next week. And they're looking awesome. Are you kidding me? So that voice you hear is Lee Hubert. I'll introduce Lee properly here in just a second. But I'm Jeff Smith, and we're so glad that you could join us again for Illuminating Leadership. This week, we're really going to be focusing on uh, the competition for talent and what can we do to retain our talent, recruit our talent, etc. We really appreciate all the emails, phone calls, etc. we get throughout the course of the week. So to reach us uh, during the show, call 1-866-472-5788. You can email me at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting or Lee Hubert at Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. Just know that this week you might get football updates as well as leadership updates. So sorry for that ahead of time. So as you hear Lee in the background <laughs> laughing, Lee has been with us several times. And uh, Lee is um, one of our principals here at uh, Voltage uh, concentrates a lot on leadership training, development, giving speeches, and helping our clients reach their full potential. And so one of the things that we know uh, to reach full potential is we've got to have the human resources. We have to have the talent that is there each and every day for us. And I was listening last week, uh, last night to uh, NPR's Marketplace, and they were talking about um, the economy and sort of where we stand. And so in New Hampshire, they were talking that their unemployment rate is down around 4%. And that, sure, there's some people that wish that they had maybe a better job, but in general, what they're finding now is that they're basically at full employment and they're competing for talent. And some of their uh, work that they could be doing in New Hampshire and some other states is leaving because there's just not enough talent. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about what's happening, what do we see in the marketplace. Here in Virginia, we're running around right around 4.2, 4.3, so we're almost at full employment as well, again. I know that some of the listeners here says, well, gosh, I wish I had a better job or a higher paying job, things like that. But in general, the professional jobs 
there are lots of places. I'm working with clients right now that have five, ten job openings and trying to find the right person that's willing to either move to the job, take the job. It's becoming more of a challenge. Lee, I'm curious. You work with a bunch of clients, too. What are you seeing out in the marketplace right now? Well, good morning or afternoon. It's interesting you make that point, Jeff, because the economy cycles and there are people who you speak to over the last several years, they feel like they may have been may have been underemployed. Mm -hmm. And that being the case, um, you know, as the economy creates more and better jobs, to your point, people have to compete for talent. Um, I think the there's a, you know, regardless of what you say about the last election cycle, I think there's a sense of optimism in a lot of things in terms of employment looking up, right? So I can remember a time, and I'm sure we're going to have a deeper dive about this, where you had to compete for talent, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. And you juxtapose that, compare and contrast that against some of the things we were hearing from people over the last five, ten years. Um, interesting discussion. Yeah, so <clears throat> thank you, Lee. And, um, you know, Lee pulled together a stat here. It says, according to a recent job satisfaction survey, about one in three workers will change jobs in the next six months. Again, one in three workers will potentially change jobs in the next six months. Almost 50% of employees are not engaged, and another 16.5% are actively disengaged. This comes from the Gallup information. Mm-hmm. So a significant people have stayed in jobs that are less than optimal for various reasons, waiting for their window of opportunity. And as Lee and I just alluded to, that window is opening. You know, I, I, one of my clients is a headhunting firm. Um, we coach, uh, Lee does a lot of this coaching, folks that are placed in executive level jobs, he coaches them for the first three to six months. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing now is that the recruiters are, are having to do sign-on bonuses, negotiate sign-on bonuses again. Mm-hmm. I've had one uh, recently that they're paying for a cross-country move and paying, you know, to buy the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen some of that since the, you know, early to mid-2000s, 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. really since the housing crisis. Um, it's starting to return in a few spots. So not all jobs, but mm-hmm. certainly in healthcare, in um, IT, high-level kind of jobs in IT, those industries are starting to find it. And the knowledge workers are really being competed for. And so, you know, what we're going to have to do is say, okay, what type of culture do we have? And then what do we do to make sure that our talent really knows that we value them and that we want them to be there? Yeah, that's a great point, Jeff. The people who are unprepared to have that dialogue uh, or who haven't had that dialogue, they're going to pay a price for that. There's no doubt about that. So what you, to your point, I think organizations are starting to sense that and they're wanting to engage us in that dialogue. Now, what do we? T- how do we maximize workforce engagement, not for the purpose of just keeping intact what was a legacy culture and, you know, mechanism, but for taking us to the next level. I mean, it stands to reason. You have to have great people to have a great company. Gee, that sounds like a book, doesn't it? Mm. Um, So if you want to really be great, you have to have great people. And to your point, or to my point, as you point out, the... uh, if people are have been flying under the radar, mm-hmm. you've heard the dialogue privately. Some people want to retire. They can't afford to do it. Well, different landscape now. The economics have changed. It's cycles. Regardless of politics, the economy cycles. Mm-hmm. You look at the Dow theory and all that stuff, it, there's a time frame. It cycles. So now that it's cycling again, um, there are people who, for whatever reason, that's going to go back to a previous show who may feel victimized mm-hmm. if they've been persecuted by their employer who's giving them a job to be able to pay their mortgage and all their bills, which is a terrible form of persecution, by the way. But they may be feeling victimized and they may be looking elsewhere now. Yeah, I was just with uh, one of my clients. They uh, do a people opinion survey once a year. 
And their survey results have dropped dramatically in the past year. Mm. You know, it's a very interesting. They, they do great job. It's an awesome organization, fantastic. Done so many right things right. I believe that there's two things going on. One, there's probably some uh, unfair expectations on behalf of some of the, the staff that mm-hmm. they're going to get promoted way quicker than maybe they should. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is about some of this, how do we set clear expectations? On the other hand, I don't know that we've done a good enough job of sort of outlining the career path, mm-hmm. having clear, open, and honest conversations about where do you stand, mm-hmm. and setting some realistic expectations of what does it take to be successful at that next level. Mm-hmm. So let's start to dive into that a little bit. You know, when you look at maybe best cultures where you see that talent is attracted to, mm-hmm. and they seem to stay, what is it about those organizations and their culture that are both sort of magnets for talent and retainers of talent? Talent magnets are right. I'm liking that. Well, they're the cultures that minimize confusion, drama, and frustration. Mm. They are the organizations that can be tough but fair in their organizations that communicate. And by that, I mean, you kind of verbalized it. You know, think about the leadership structure, C-suite, whatever leader, whatever mechanism it is. Um, Are they flying under radar? Are they in the, quote, looking good posture? Um, Earlier, we talked about something called the waterline, which was all about roles and responsibilities. People, I find, in the cultures of clients we serve, generally want to do a good job, and they're thirsty for feedback about how they're doing. But I sense in in the legacy cultures, the ones that weren't so great, there was a disconnect. Um, so people were left thirsting for knowledge and feedback. And to I use the word, they were kind of holding the cultural risk or the political risk. Mm. And as the perception of the market for jobs being softer was went up, even, at least the perception of that, people became a little bit more shrill in terms of hanging on to what they got. So those are tough places, right? Right. And for people who kind of have this survivor mentality, I've been the good soldier, I've marched through ground zero for you, and now therefore you, your social contract is you owe me something, and that means promotion into a bigger role. Now, whether or not they're the right person to be in that role is a completely different discussion. But there is some of that that's out there very much alive and well. Yeah, you know, and I... Gosh, I, I have a similar and different view. I, I think that there's a lot that um, the last few years, it's gotten a little better maybe the last 12 months, but for the last five years, there's also been a lot of managers that have taken advantage of staff. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, So there are some staff that like, oh, you know, maybe they uh, are touch entitled. You know, certainly mm-hmm. there's some of that out there. But there's also been some bad management practices. I know several that have not particularly gone about giving bonuses or raises. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so um, – you know, I think one of the things we've got to talk about is, um, you know, how do we help shape the right culture? How do we do the right kind of things, have a sort of a just culture, right? It's an interesting word, just culture. I'll use the word shame-based culture, mm. which is a whole discussion unto its own. In other words, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Sure. Shame on you for trying to aspire or to ask for more or to get to a just culture mm-hmm. because don't you know you should just be grateful that you have a job, right. you useless lump of human flesh, right? and who else is going to hire you? Now, tra- compare and contrast that against the cycling and improving job market. So the people who were experiencing that, I think there's a day of reckoning coming for some of those managers you're talking about. Yeah, you know, and I think uh, in our next segment, we'll talk a little bit about, is it too late for those cultures? So, you know, tuck that away, Lee. I'll probably ask you right after our okay. uh, after our break here. But, you know, I, I would like you to just start from, uh, this is where I would have leaders start and listen. Um, 
when you get the talent, you bring them in, the first place to start is with some clear expectations. What are the goals? What are the tools to do the job? Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, Lee and I were on a, with a vendor today talking about some, you know, surveys, things like that. And one of the questions, the very first questions is, do I have the tools and resources to do my job? Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate that. You know, I, I don't necessarily know. And when I'm new, I might not always ask. Mm-hmm. So once I have clear expectations and understanding of what to do around here, am I being recognized? We've talked about this in previous shows, but it's worth bringing up. You know, most cultures, it's sort of a one-to-one, one positive for one negative. Sometimes it's even two negative for one positive. Hey, really good cultures and ones that are going to retain talent, it's going to be more like four positives or five positives for every negative. Mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate successes. We go out of our way. It's not kumbaya line. Mm-hmm. This is the, wow, we've done some great work. Let's recognize it. How do you spell kumbaya? <sighs> there you go. I do know how, but let's not do it here. <laughs> but next is we also provide a sense of uh, ownership. So that we can really allow the person to be successful, put a mark on the organization. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready for some feedback. I'm ready for your developmental plan. But you've got to done those other things for me to trust you, right? I refer to that as paying the price of admission. Mm-hmm. So if we've got time to to drill on that, or now or in the next segment, we can do that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's the price of admission is you've got to build the trust at the bottom levels. So if you have someone that looks a little confused or dazed or or not sure what's going on. I look at the manager first or the leader first and say, Mm -hmm. go back, reset expectations. Do they know what it takes to be successful here? Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy that that Lee is here with me today. We're going to continue this conversation. We'll pick up on um, good cultures. How do we define it? And if it's too late, if you're not in that kind of culture. But in the meantime, we've got a uh, break here for two minutes. So we'll be back in two. Talk to you in just two minutes. Go do it. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen, and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and it is Jeff Smith today with Lee Hubert, and we're talking about um, the improvement economy and what does that mean for the war on talent. And so part of what we're really seeing is our clients are starting to struggle to, to always have the talent that they need in role. Mm-hmm. They're having to spend a little bit more money to get people there. Um, and I will promise you that, uh, you know, I'm in a lot of confidential conversations where people are saying, Jeff, you know, it's, I'm starting to look, you know, I'm starting to feel the calls. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that they're upset with the current job. But they're not seeing a path, right? Mm-hmm. They're not seeing where, where it goes. Before the break, we were a little bit talking, though, about, you know, there are some cultures where and managers that have maybe taken advantage of the talent, um, haven't done, like, talent development or mm-hmm. leadership development. And so, you know, what I'm curious about, um, gosh, it's heating up. Is it too late for them? Is it too late? Are they already going to lose the talent? Is it just... You know, has the window closed for them? Mm, interesting question. Is it too late? No, it's really not too late. However, they people should start taking action now. Mm-hmm. Do not be caught unprepared because if you are, you're going to pay a price for that a little bit later. I'm going to use two words here that I wanted to toss out here in this regard. One is, you know, recruiting, which we'll talk about securing talent. And the other one is Mm -hmm. re-recruiting. You know, I've been here to my earlier point in the first segment. I've been here for a long time or X number of years, months, whatever. And, you know, the perception is I'm doing a good job. There's a social contract. Um, you know, there's an expectation in my mind that there's maybe upward mobility or some, some reward for my loyalty. Sure. And, you know, if I'm a star, you don't want me to walk out the door. You need to engage in re-recruiting me. Yeah, but Lee, just do your job. Like, you know, I pay you. Just do your job, dadgummit. You know what? You Gen X and Gen Ys and millennials, like, you know, you guys want everything. You know, come yeah, on. Yeah, we, we really do. You know that? And when the market heats up, uh, you're going to have to provide it. Because <laughs> The funny part about this is role reversal. This is Gen X to a baby boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Well, I can think of a time. Uh, I remember when I was recruiting, um, I was looking for a black, master black belt. Sure. And at a time when the market was pretty hot, it almost cycles like the real estate market. There was a time you couldn't keep a house in inventory. Right. Well, try to hire somebody who's in a high-skill demand area. You know, they're, they're really in demand. So, you know, long story short, with this individual, um, I gave my best deal, went, and went to leadership and said, ooh, great fit, need this person, going to build out the skill set, going to build out capability for us. We need to do this. Mm-hmm. And after I really got all dressed up and was ready to go, you know, we we're going to go to the, the ball together, the candidate came back to me and said, well, you know, your offer isn't just quite good enough. Can you sweeten it by X, Y, and Z? And I wasn't able to. Right. So, you know, I, I, you got to the point of that realization. Now, it, it's it can be difficult, so you're going to have to get creative. And the sooner you start getting creative and letting your wheels turn, you'll be prepared and you'll be, you'll be the better for it. Good. Let's talk about a little bit uh, about what – top talents looking for Mm -hmm. you know so i'll start this one off so again baby boomers they're leaving to lee's earlier point 401ks i mean the stock market's at record levels right now housing prices have come back so the boomers are saying i'm confident to leave now so we've got a couple things going on we've got an approving economy we've got new uh places to work coming on board and we have boomers leaving all at the same time Mm -hmm. and so it creates a spin cycle of saying we need talent 
there's additional, I'm a Gen Xer, of saying, maybe I don't want to rise to the top level of a, of a company because I put in a lot of hours already. And so not all talent is raising their hand that they want to go forward either. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very much going to be a, a, a stiff competition. So let me give you just a couple ideas to be thinking about for your culture and what people are looking for. So when people are talking to me about what they're looking for, they want to go to a company that's got a really good, clearly defined purpose. They want to know what it is that they're going to be doing, what's the mission. And look, it doesn't have to be the greatest mission. This isn't necessarily a man on the moon mm-hmm. that you know, you're know you working with or I've got a, a, an organization that I coach and, and develop. They're working on autonomous cars. It's exciting. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. I've also myself worked for a credit card company. You may say, oh, gosh. No, I will tell you that. We were very passionate about being able to be the, the folks, be able to provide financial viability to people, be able to uh, treat them well when they're traveling and all that kind of stuff. But there needed to be a good, strong mission mm. and purpose that I could get behind and know that the organization was aligned. That's my first one. What about you, Lee? Well, alignment, great. I mean, you've heard some of the stories about, you know, the stories with alignment, mission, vision, values. I look at some of the things about, we, we talk about it, uh, aligning personal goals with uh, company goals mm-hmm. with intentionality we, we use those words at voltage leadership quite a bit what do you really want yeah what's your and, desired outcome yeah right. what's your desired outcome and and does that fit are we on the same journey mm-hmm. and you know we've qualified you as a candidate for talent for revenue all that kind of stuff you're talking to us because we're interested in you you know we want you to interview us it's not a monologue. It is definitely a dialogue. I think one of the key things that people need to keep in mind as things cycle and cycle on the uptick is you're interviewing people. So it used to be, oh my God, ask people, well, what kind of job are you looking for? Well, I'll do anything. Well, we're not hiring for anything. We're hiring mm-hmm. for some specific talent, okay? So the di- the days I think of sounding, oh, I'm desperate and you got to hire me because I got to you know feed the, you know, pay my bills. Okay, we all get that. We all have bills to pay. But we're going to get to a point where it's like, okay, guys, we want to qualify you for fit, okay? And we want you to be here for the long term. Um, even that's a whole discussion unto itself. It used to be at one time if you, quote, change jobs uh, once every 10 years, you were a job hopper. Now look at how frequently highly skilled, highly compensated people sometimes change their roles. Well, let's pick up on that. So I think that uh, I'd want <clears throat> leaders to be more flexible. I want them to look at um, resumes and know that maybe people aren't going to be here for 10 years. But if they can come make a difference for you for the next two to four mm-hmm. and fill a critical need, then go for it, right? Have clear expectations, get better at your onboarding process, mm-hmm. and let people get up to speed quicker, challenge them quicker, give them more things. So I have, um, when I'm coaching people now, I have them think much more short-term projects. Let's not think the three to five-year strategy plan. It's mm-hmm. more of a yes. one to two you know, go back a couple of weeks when we had Amy Ankrum on our show, you know, with what they do at Qualtrics, you know, they reviewed every year, but then they do every 90 days, they sit back down and reassess it. Well, that makes you move your talent in and out mm-hmm. differently because it's like, okay, where are we concentrating on the next 90 days? So I'd look for people to be more flexible in mm-hmm. the way they think about who they hire, but also flexibility in assigning the task and working across the organization. You know, that hierarchy thing still exists, mm-hmm. but we're going to be much more in matrix, go work this project, go work with three people for the next four months, then boop, pop you over someplace else. Mm-hmm. Right? Matrix and or virtual. Yeah. Interesting you said, you know, the point about flexibility in you know, when you, you look at 
uh, two to four years. I mean, that itself is a sea change, you know. Right. So the three to five year strategic plan, okay, yeah, I get that. But if, if somebody's going to help you for two to four years, that's pretty much a win. Right. And I don't know, there's a lot of people who have put the succession discussion on the shelf over the last X number of years, five to 10 years. It's time to dust that off again. Right. Because to your point, there's a bunch of boomers going to hit the finish line and they're going to be, you know, running on the beach wearing their sunglasses, listening to you know, Grateful Dead music, you know, the epitome of ground zero for boomers. But the, in addition to that, there's going to be people coming behind them. And what you don't want to do is be that organization that has just said, no, everything's fine. We're just squeezing the last ounce of you. Do you use the point or you can take advantage of people? You must be creative and proactive on this issue to go forward. Otherwise, you're going to pay a big price. Yeah. So I think um, let's go back to that term re-recruiting superstars. You know, the best thing that you can do about the, the talent war is to keep the superstars you got there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they may want they, a lot, maybe leaving in two, four years. My last couple of coaching sessions today will be over at Carillion Clinic, and the folks, uh, a lot of the people I'll be working with there are 20-plus year, mm-hmm. but they recreate themselves. Mm-hmm. They also often will have leaders that will say, gosh, you know, Lee, you're doing a great job. Here's mm-hmm. what I appreciate about you doing. You know, you go out, you work hard, you're willing to stick your nose in places, you're, you're innovative, you know, you're willing to recreate yourself every two to three years. This is why you're so valuable to me, blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, you know, I need to move on. <laughs> Lee was loving it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really good. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, so back to, um, back to the regular schedule program. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Here's, here's what happens, though, is we start to assume that they know how good they are. Mm-hmm. What I want you to understand is that the recruiting firms out there are really smart. They see superstars. They're, that's who they could call. Mm-hmm. And they see someone like a Lee and say, gosh, sir, you are perfect, perfect for this next job. And I kind of call it like flirting or dating, you know, you know, it's kind of like, wow, that sounds kind of nice. And someone wants me. Yeah. And if I haven't heard that in my current workplace in a while, yeah, I'm going to at least take the phone call. So if let's say you're not in the best culture or you're a leader listening to it and just saying, hmm, I want you to picture that right hand person mm-hmm. that you go to and you know, if you've got a tough task, that's when you assign it to love them, tell them why they're so great. Find a career path, give them a project that will reignite them. Try to maybe find a spot bonus. If that's not possible, find something that you can celebrate for them and make sure that they're getting the recognition so they don't take that phone call when the headhunter calls. You mean the one who's batting their eyes at me? Uh, it's almost like the sales process. You go into a store, you try something out. It's like, well, it's kind of pricey, but you know, it looks really good on me. And all of a sudden you look at the mirror and I'm like, yeah, it fits really good. This is a good fit. I like this. And God, this is really comfortable. You know what? I'm three steps down the street right now. And why do I need to not do this? I mean, so, right. but I'm going to add on to your thought. I'm going to add a thought about paying the price of admission, both to get people on board and to keep people on board. And we mm-hmm. can call it re-recruiting, but refer to it as paying the price of admission. Um, you know, what do you know about your stars? Mm. Do you know what your stars are engaged in day in and day out? One of the things I hear at our clients is, especially from middle and upper middle managers, that senior leadership may not really have a a realistic uh, view of what we do. Mm. So if they don't understand what they do and they want to give me feedback about performance, you see a lot of eyes start to roll. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it's not always possible for them, but here's what I mean about paying the price of admission. 
We use other tools that might be behind the one-on-one door, which we talked about, behind the manager's door, which is a great series of discussions, by the way, from Voltage Leadership, if I may say so myself. And those people who get it and have taken the time and invested in those people, they're not going to be wanting to know what they do in their day-to-day life. They're not going to be wanting to know how valuable, you verbalized it, how valuable I am. I'm sitting there squirming in my chair going, dang, does that sound good? There is something to that. Sure. Yeah, so, um, you know, today we're not going to really teach you best recruiting practices. That's not the aim of this. There, there are other places you can go and get that. She was an email. Lee and I both headed up recruiting. I've managed tons of recruiters. We can give you some examples. What we're trying to help you understand, though, is what does top talent look for? Mm-hmm. And then how do we retain top talent? So when we come back from break, what we're going to talk about is succession planning and some ideas about how succession planning really helps to retain that top talent and best practices that we've seen in the workplace. So we'll be back in two minutes. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea. To Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. And we've been talking about culture and retaining talent and best cultures that retain talent, etc. Before the break, we were um, just getting ready to start into some succession planning. Mm -hmm. And where does succession planning fit into this? Um, So let me just, uh, you know, give you a sense. Succession planning means you have a plan that says, what is our business needs and what's the talent that we have in our organization and how do we match the needs of our business over the next three, four, five, maybe even 10 years and looking at our talent, assessing it, basing it on what's their performance, what's the potential, what are the needs? Mm -hmm. I'll just give you a quick example. 10 years ago, how many people had social media as a need, Mm -hmm. right? So there's sometimes where you're like, oh, something's emerging. 
Whereas like Lean and Six Sigma, those are things that you know have been around now for a little while. We've developed talent. Succession planning is trying to marry up what's the needs of the individuals with the needs of the organization. Mm-hmm. Only about 16% of organizations actually do succession planning well. Okay, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of room for development. So if you say, gosh, we don't do this very well, don't worry. A lot of you are, are you know, 84% don't. So yeah. you're probably the norm most of our lives. <laughs> What Lena are really saying is it's time to dust off those plans and get back to it, right? Because the talent is heating up. And a couple of years ago, they were, most people were just happy to stay where they were. Quite honestly, they were probably a little risk averse to leave too mm-hmm. because they're like, well, I've got a sure thing here. Am I I'd sure the, the market's going to stay where it is or not? Oh, you bet. But now it's like, no, it's going to be good for a little while. It might go, it might, you know, it's always going to be a little rocky, but with boomers leaving, et cetera, you know, there's going to be holes. So, you know, when we talk about the succession planning, you know, most people have done a little bit of succession planning. We're not saying it has to be the most brilliant thing. But what is needed is a plan where you talk about your needs of the organization mm-hmm. and start to assess, hmm, what is it that my people, my team want? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Lee? Well, I can tell you an uh, interesting question where you have matched succession planning to the business need to the to the current landscape and current demographics. Mm. Boomers getting ready to roll. People want it. Do they want upward mobility? Who's, you know, on your bench? Who's your who's your bench strength? And, yeah. um, you know, and it's also important to talk about what succession planning isn't. Okay. okay. It's not not uh, uh, an implied contract. It's right. not a tacit job offer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people get it, you know, the, they communicate a message that, you know, you are in quote, the pool. And what does that mean? Sure. So, you know, there's a, for sure, there's a developmental aspect to it, which is all positive and good because it means you're investing me as an employee. Right. So if you invest your time and your energy and your money in me to get me a, a higher skill set and make me more valuable too, that's awesome. That's right. a good thing. Right. However, you know, there's some things it's like, it's kind of like a real estate deal, right? First of all, it's not over till everybody leaves the closing table and the check clears the bank. Okay. Likewise with succession planning, you know, people get, uh, hear things and sometimes they don't hear the same things. Mm-hmm. For example, I can think of a, a time when I was in an HR capacity in a different state. Uh, uh, we had a person who was with the organization doing a fine job. All the surface or on the surface type communications were fine job. And, the, and it was almost like a cultural artifact that, yeah, this individual is, quote, in the pool and in the plan. And when that leader retires and announced their retirement, that this person was going to send up into that role. Well, guess what? Didn't happen that mm. way. And it didn't happen that way for what I'll call capricious reasons, almost arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Um, you can label it political, whatever you want to call it, but there was a disconnect, there was a mismatch, and feelings were hurt, and guess what? That individual ended up leaving the organization. Huge, large talent, big skill set, is now a leader, big leader with another organization. Mm, yeah, that's just too bad. You know, so um, let me break it down a little bit. Um, when we're talking about um, succession planning, what we're talking about is Assessing people based on their performance, mm-hmm. understand their potential, right? Looking at what are the skill sets they have, and then what are the needs of the organization? So as you look out, you know, we can look ahead. I, you know, I was just having a call earlier today uh, coaching someone in California, and they could look and say, you know, we've we've grown really quickly. We're going to need a COO in the mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. because we've built, we've collected all these businesses, and we don't quite have someone that can stay on top of it. So looking at one year, they can see that they need a COO, but they're going to double again 
So they're going to, in the future, also need some COOs at the business level. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're going to need some people that are maybe at the director level now to raise their things like executive presence, their ability to speak to boards, their mm-hmm. ability to uh, drive results across the organization, not just in their organization. So they're already ahead of the game saying, hmm, three, four years out. And they're talking to me saying, how can we start developing that now? How do we put them in situations like that? And we are brainstorming projects they can work on, Mm -hmm. a time for them to go to a board. But maybe before they go to the board, we're going to work on their executive presence and have them give some speeches at lower levels Mm -hmm. and get some feedback before they have to get to that first board meeting. Because we know in two to three years they need that. But why not start it now in Mm -hmm. 17? We might not have that need till 19 or 20, but let's start practicing now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. At board level or underneath the board level. Sure. Uh, Individual that comes to mind that we were working with uh, that – I'll use the phrase, this person did not realize how good they were. And to a degree, we're, we're a little gun shy, a little bit of the tail between the legs, and exactly that thing. Their uh, company hired us to do exactly as you described. So we got to the place where they had a little intimidation factor about addressing senior leadership teams around the table. And we did some video training. We did some coaching and counseling with that and good outcome. Um, Really interesting from the point of view that uh, I'll use the Jeff equation. Uh, Everybody with your mind's eye now, right? Follow me on your mental blackboard now. There's a capital P. That's the person's ultimate performance. And the equal sign that we're going to call it little p. That's their potential. And then dot times. I'm going to enter two things. You can call it small i interference or slash small d distraction. So in the developmental mode, to Jeff's point and to my point, if we don't need it now, trust me, you are going to you are going to need it. You're going to need it sooner than historically, uh, you know, the, the history has shown. Um, the historical need has been okay five, ten years. Now it's two, four, who maybe even less. Right? right? We recruit people with big titles and a lot of uh, upward mobility, huge talent. They're moving around, and to my point, you saw one in three is going to change your jobs maybe in the next six six months. So the, the key is in the developmental mode, understand if you need this person to big, B, big P perform, make sure that you are developmentally nurturing that potential by putting them in an environment where they're not running into a lot of interference, where they don't have a lot of distraction, and with intentionality, giving them some of the tasks and projects that Jeff was alluding to earlier. Yeah, so I just want to give credit where credit's due. So I like that that's Jeff Smith. That's really Tim Galway from the Inner Game of Tennis. But uh, No, it's not. It's really Jeff Smith <laughs> from uh, James Madison Dukes. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I want to hear something Lee talked about. So with these, um, what we'll call high potentials, the people we identify to say, these would be the key people that we're going to invest in. We know that they're going to take some roles. You should have a developmental plan for everybody, right? So please uh, motivate everybody, get them a motivational message. Even the ones that aren't doing very well, they should be getting the message of, hey, up or out in 90 days, let's get let's get going. This part of the conversation, we're really concentrating on your high potentials, right? Mm-hmm. So high potentials are people that have shown good performance. Maybe they need to show more consistent performance or they've shown great potential and we need to give them a project or two to mm-hmm. see if that potential continues. Mm-hmm. We also have to make sure that the job is open. So one of the questions that Lee and Jennifer and Marissa and I, we get often asked is, should we tell them or not? Mm-hmm. And all I can tell you is that I err on the side of yes. The reason I err on the side of yes is that I've been in the spot where I was a high potential and didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And so I was anxious, you know, and when that hit kind of a call, you know, it was sort of like, well, I don't know how I'm doing here. And I feel it calls. So literally in one of my organizations that I left, when I left, they, the, the CEO and the CEO of the company 
required me to come see them the day I, I turned in my resignation and said, don't you know that we had you as a <laughs> senior vice president no. or a vice president? <clears throat> I'm like, well, gosh, I'm really honored. And, and yeah. that's fantastic. That would have been really good to know any time in the past year that, Hello. that I sought feedback or guidance on my career. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> Darling, you're a hypo, but we never told you. <laughs> I can just hear Waylon Jennings or something. That's it? Rolling it out these days. Uh, maybe uh, Garth Brooks in, in, in modern vernacular. So anyway, um, <laughs> what I say about that is, yes, there are possibilities where that goes astray. I, you know, back in my day, um, we did a lot of this work at Capital One, and we would have some high potentials that blow up because we told them that they're high potentials. They got very big egos. They yes. they felt like they were entitled to the job. And if we didn't have something in six months, they, they made a ruckus. Well, okay. it's a retention tool. But here's the deal. Right. Yeah. We learned they were going to be that way regardless. Mm-hmm. So we learned it early. But to your point, it was a retention tool. You know, so I've also been in a spot where I've been told that I was high potential, and it gave me the sense. I didn't think that of that as a check the box, but it made it such that it made me ask better questions. So here's something I would want you to do. Hey, you are high potential. Here's why I'm giving you the assignment. We want you to work on your ability to, to cross functions. Mm-hmm. We want to see how you lead when you don't have authority. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw you into to a place where you're going to go now manage a function you've never managed before. We don't want you to learn the function as much as it is as you get higher in the organization, you're going to become less and less of a functional expert mm-hmm. and more of an influencer. So we want to le- learn how you can take experts in a field and get them coalesced around an idea. See how that's being intentional about what the development's about? Yeah, that's a great. That's excellent. That is just great. And so now when that headhunter calls, they're less likely to go because now they know what they're working on. They know they have the need and they're unsure in that new culture, A, Will I fit in? Will I get developed? And here I am getting developed? Well, then I'm more likely to stay. That to me is best culture, best examples. Absolutely, it is. And and there's there's something to that. So so you're you're investing in me. You're behind the door. You're telling me, and it's almost like I'll use the words limiting behaviors. Okay, so we we think you're a rising star. Mm-hmm. You may think you're a superstar. We think you've got some limiting behaviors. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Limiting behaviors mean that you may be technically excellent at what you do. You have a great math coprocessor. I can think of lots of people that fall into that category. Um, now we're going to put you in a leadership role. Ah, guess what? Direct reports, EQ, all that other discussion, right? And everything we've talked about, developing people, leading your team, translating the strategic intent of the organization to get the best work product out of your team, taking it to the next level, espousing in such a, your team such a culture where you're insulating them against those headhunter calls. Mm-hmm. So there's something to limiting behaviors. So what are those limiting behaviors? A lot of times... It's uh, We use assessment tools to get a baseline. We use different things. You've heard us talk about DISC and all that kind of thing. Um, but there, there's a, a deeper dive in a different day we can get into about assessments. Suffice it to say that if you have somebody who's a high potential, a hypo, and you've given them feedback, might be from a 360, from whatever mechanism, um, make sure that they hear it and hear the positives, not the implied contract, not the guaranteed job, but you're on our radar screen is to be upwardly mobile. Great stuff, Lee. Yeah, I agree. And so the assessments are fantastic um, for, for navigating those. 360, certainly. Lots of good assessments out there. We can cover those in another day, but that's a great way to, of having the conversation. Mm-hmm. The most important thing, though, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. It should be an ongoing conversation. And that's the key to retaining top talent. 
So for us, the key is for you to stay with us. We've got a a two-minute break coming, and I promise you there's some really good tips and tools on the other side of this last break. See you in two. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I am here today with Lee Hubert, and we are wrapping up our conversation around how do you kind of compete for talent? What are some of the best practices for keeping your talent? So we're going to do this last section around tools, tips, uh, mm-hmm. some of Lee's and I's best ideas and practices. Um, one thing, you know, what I really noticed was succession planning has a has some meat. So in 2017, we'll do a full show on succession planning, our best mm-hmm. practices and mm-hmm. things like that, because we do it all the time. So we'll, we'll do a much bigger episode in 17 on that. And uh, I've got a really good friend, uh, Joanne Losey, who has uh, run succession planning conferences and talent development um, mm-hmm. for the conference board in New York City. So I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll make sure Joanne gets on the show and we'll, we'll do a much deeper dive on that in cool. 17. Um, in the meantime, you know, one of the things I would just want to wrap up is that 
the, the, we've talked about this a lot on the show, but it's that conversation between the leader and the employee and it being an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. If, if my only best practice or tool to give you is make it an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. So my example, um, there was a, a time where, uh, I, again, this is back in my Capital One days, I had a manager come to me and say, hey, we'd really like you to think about taking an expat assignment, maybe over to England or mm-hmm. Italy or someplace like that. I was flattered. We mm-hmm. really kicked the tires on it. Uh, Beth and I went back and forth. So at this point, we've got two kids that are now, um, you know, <laughs> maybe four months old and two years, four months old, right? Mm-hmm. So two daughters. All I want at that moment is sleep, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, it's, so it's not that I'm not high potential, <laughs> But you're tired. But my, you're a typo. Yes. You're a typo. My, my interference at that moment was I'm seeing stars and diapers and binkies and all that. And so luckily I had a leader, though, that was very wise and came back about five months later and said, Jeff, maybe not expat, but we got this new product line that we're thinking about rolling out. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to head that up for us? Well, by then I'm getting some sleep. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling recharged. So I was still the same person. It was just timing. But look at that. The leader took the time to know me, knew that my family situation had gotten a little bit better from uh, getting sleep and all that, and came back with an assignment. Just think if they had sort of recorded, well, Jeff's not interested in moving. Right. Or or, moving up in the organization. Instead, this was a really wise leader that continued the conversation with me. Or just checked that box that said, oh, limiting behavior, unmobile, non-mobile. Right. And to give you a sense, too, you know, we stayed, you know, I stayed at that job for a couple more years because of that question. Mm-hmm. If not for re-asking the question, you know, I might have left within six months if they had not come back and shown interest. Well, interesting. There's that saying that says quit the boss before you quit the company, right? Mm. So, and to my earlier point, you know, have you paid the price of admission? Do you understand what your people are doing, what's going on with them? I can think of a business unit that I intervened with. And long story short is their leader had not uh, uh, understood what was going on in their day-to-day world. They had issues. They had issues for morale. They had issues of do they have the tools to do their job. They had staffing issues. They had communication issues. They had physical issues, physical plant, environmental issues, all these different things. So enter me as the in- intervener and you, know, you grab onto those things. And this is literally paying the price of admission. It's like, you know, morale on this team was terrible. Turnover was bad. Retention was in the tank. So we turned that around. How do you do that? Well, had to ask them to uh, verbalize what are the things that were sticking in their crop. And mm-hmm. then after you move on to some of those, then it's fair game to say, have you noticed anything? Yeah, we've addressed X, Y, and Z. These were your top burning issues. And now guess what? I want your partnership to build this team back up to the be to a place where it can be the most the best team it can be interesting good stuff yep uh, Lee, you know one of the ones i want you to talk about for just a second that i think is just critical is onboarding oh yes you know so um again uh, i've both been a recruiter i coach recruiters i have been the hiring guy that you know what has you know been in the, the number one hr seat where you know decided which hitting firm we use right right so i can tell you that i'm i've spent 30 to over a hundred thousand dollars for mm. critical positions mm-hmm. it can take us anywhere from six months to 12 months sometimes three months at best to go and identify the hole that we have mm-hmm bring all these people in, sometimes board approval needed, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We spend thirty to $100,000 and then we 
kind of drop this person in and expect them to be successful. Ouch, bounce off the pavement. Well, that's what you're talking about onboarding and people get concerned about the vacancy rate. You can see people sitting around boardroom tables going, oh, why is our vacancy rate? Well, how long has this the job been open? Oh, get somebody in here. Okay, we get to get the right person in the door. Now what happens to them is, is what you're saying. Yeah. So onboarding is absolutely critical. First thing is, remember when you were flirting before? I'm flirting with you, you're batting your eyes at me, you know, kicking the tires, all the things you talked about. Well, what's that person's buying experience? Okay, they said, yes, I'm going to join your organization. Now what? Right. So do I have the, the systems to do my job? Am mm-hmm. I being... Uh, aligned with the right people at the right time? Am I given low-hanging fruit? Am I aware of the low-hanging fruit? Are the roles and expectations uh, clearly communicated to me? And if so, by whom? Did the person who hire me and the person that I report to, have they disappeared off the radar screen? And now do I have this matrix or broken line to somebody Mm -hmm. else? There's a lot of these things. Now, sometimes people relocate across the country to accept jobs like this. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they accept a, a bigger commute. All these things have impact on themselves personally and their families. So it's very important to get the first 100 to 180 days right. Yeah. So if you, I use the phrase, I like this phrase, they're stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Mm. You got the person on board, there's a dollar on the table. If you don't do the onboarding piece right, you're walking over that dollar, you're leaving it and you're picking up dimes. And go back to that board table and say, look all the dimes we got, but look all the dollars leaving on the table. Because I can tell you, you may find out in your exit interviews at some point, hopefully you will not, but you'll find out that these people had some concerns. And it stands to reason the first 100 days or so, they really don't want to squeak a lot. Right. So you ha- you're obligated to go get this person up to speed as best you possibly can. Yeah, so it's about setting some clear expectations, make them have, sure they have the tools to do the job, mm-hmm. all the resources, and stay close to them. Too many leaders I see think that the person's got, that they're doing a great job, and they are, but 30 to 45 days in, they get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's for promoting someone internally, putting them on new projects. So... Keeping top talent means that it's an ongoing conversation, clear expectations, feedback on how you're doing, care about the person, see if you can't match their needs, what they want, to what the organization will eventually You are need. trying to tell me you actually want to care about oh, somebody on. you're hiring? Yeah, you're hiring? Absolutely. So I'll just wrap with this. Uh, Lee, thanks for being here again today. So let, my me, pleasure. let me wrap with this. This is a true story from my own experience. I moved with Inside, uh, one of my companies. They knew I was coming. I was a high potential being come over to, to do this. Gave about two months notice to my old department to move over just because I was working on a big project. So it was clear that they had that they knew me. I switched jobs. I come over. You know, my phone is blowing up before I get there. Computer, all that kind of stuff. I switched up a new job. It was clear that they knew I was coming because on my desk there were pins that said Jeff. There was no computer. There was no money to meet me. There were no business cards, and the desk was not cleaned out and set up. Ouch! But they had thought about me because they ordered pins. <laughs> I almost bounced. Luckily, I've been in the organization for a while then, but literally, I almost left, and here it is, a high potential, and they had two months to get ready for me. Just imagine what's that like for others. They're coming, maybe moving from across the country and things mm. like that. So, Mm-mm. look, the, the war on talent is going to continue. Uh, please shoot us some emails. Look for a blog from us on this uh, at voltageleadership.com. It's the war for talent. The war for talent. Not war on talent. Yeah, there you go. War for talent. 
for talent. So thanks again for joining us on Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. You know, over the course of the week, if you want to reach out to us, do that at Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. You can uh, follow us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Our website is www.VoltageLeadership.com. If you need coaching or onboarding, we're happy to provide that for you. Um, we also can be reached at uh, phone number 540-798-1963. And please, Feel free to reach out to either Lee or myself during the week with questions. Be happy to answer. Next week on the show, we're going to have Jennifer, Lee, and I talking about best practices from our clients and ways that you can make 2017 great with your best practices. So thanks again for joining us on Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. We'll see you next week at 1 o'clock Eastern. Take care and have an awesome week. Bye now. Go Dukes. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.